All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today's pristinegrace.org podcast. My name is Brandon Kraft, and today is February 9th, 2021. As a reminder, this content is available exclusively on Sermon Audio and the pristinegrace.org website. I've made several podcasts now, and they can be downloaded in video or audio form to your device using your cell phone. And never miss an update and download the Church One app on the Apple or Google App Store. Search for Pristine Grace uh, as a broadcaster within the app and then you'll be notified each and every time I go live and every time I upload a new podcast. Alright, so let's go ahead and get into it. I've been focusing a lot lately on the errors I've been dealing with or observing on social media. You might might think I may be making too big a deal about it. But I think it's too important not to address. Uh, I see it all the time now. And so many of us are involved in social media. And what happens, and I think social media is more or less a reflection of what's going on in our churches. And just this week I saw another post where a fellow laborer in the gospel was openly accused of teaching heresy and not really believing the gospel. Oh boy. And there was no evidence uh, really presented, just a weird accusation with all kinds of assumptions made and uh, no real argument. Basically, it was slander. But what was on display was a mentality that I'd like to address. It's becoming more and more pervasive in the free grace circles that I'm involved in. And that is the mindset of the gospel defender or the gospel crusader, if you will. Mark Carpenter was probably the most vocal gospel crusader that ever existed on the internet. His website, Outside the Camp, it made accusations against almost all the brethren that I know. He accused me, he accused Bill Parker, Don Fortner, John Robbins, Gordon Clark, Henry Mahan, etc. of being heretics. Not to mention he was obsessed with condemning dead theologians. And this was all mostly around the 2005 to 2010 time frame that I remember him the most. His website's no longer around and he's no longer on the scene, if you will. But the impression he made in my opinion, is is long-lasting. And I know he's not solely responsible for the attitude that is pervasive now, but he was the man, it seems, who started it on the internet for all intents and purposes. He is the figurehead, in my mind, of the Gospel Crusader. All right, And I, I've dedicated an entire podcast to this type of individual before. It's about dealing with the high grace predestinarian neo-gnostic. I even wrote a paper last year where I detailed most of the telltale signs you're dealing with a neo-gnostic. And one of these signs is alarmingly on display everywhere I go now on the internet. It's the insistence these people have on ascribing thoughts to those they have a disagreement with. And just like the free willer has turned salvation into a formula, these people also are very, very much formulaic. All right. In in fact, I dare say 
most of them probably don't know Christ. And they're just clinging to their notes and their reliance upon their formula. In the same way an avowed free willer is resting in their decision or their formula for their salvation. And the sign that I'm talking about, this idea, this attitude that is seemingly pervasive, this idea that people have about the way people think, well, I think, I think we're all just a bunch of robots or something. They, they treat salvation as if it's a sacred formula and any deviation from their formula, and they are... And just as sure as they are going to heaven for their adherence to their formula, those who don't abide by their formula, they're they're doomed as heretics. Here's an example. It's become quite fashionable for people to say, Oh, so you believe you were saved when you were attending a free willer church? Well, you obviously cannot be a believer now and are a God-hating heretic because it's obvious that you believe a false gospel saves. Another one is, for example, oh, you believe uh, Charles Spurgeon was a brother? Well, he taught work salvation. Therefore, if you believe he is a brother, you must obviously agree with him on salvation by works, which is a gospel-denying doctrine, and therefore your profession is false and you're a God-hating heretic. Depart from me, you wicked devil. (laughs) What, what What this example is, is first of all, is an an erroneous line of thought that believes the error, any error in theology, when taken to its logical endpoint or its implications, its conclusion shows itself to be a God and gospel denying error, then these implications are the positions the person in question believes. You see this with associations of people, for example. Oh, Brandon over there on Pristine Grace, he's no good. Don't listen to him. He believes in work salvation. Want to know how I know this? Well, he was good and all. But then one day he asked folks to pray for Brother Don Fortner. Well, oh my, oh my, can you believe it? He called Don Fortner a brother. And Don is clearly a heretic, for he taught Christ became a sinner. So therefore, Brandon thinks Christ became sinful too, and therefore he believes in work salvation. Stay away from him. And that's just another example. First of all, Christ, Don Fortner never taught that Christ was a sinner. That's just, he's just been accused of that. All right? Here's another one. Another example. Oh, this is a fictional gym out there I've made up. Oh, Brandon is tolerant of Jim. Jim is a tolerant Calvinist. He thinks free willers are brothers. Therefore, Brandon thinks that's okay, and he thinks free willers are brothers as well. Therefore, Brandon thinks free willism is an acceptable expression of the gospel, and he believes in work salvation. Stay away from him. That's just another example along that goes with this line of thinking of adopting an error by by following the endpoints or the logical conclusion of the error and ascribing that to the individual. And and there's another post I saw recently over on Facebook this week. It was it was of a man, he's pretty popular or he's he's 
he's not on my friends list, but he's out there in the circles that I that I'm involved in, and he said there was no Sovereign Grace Church near him, and that it was just terrible. But the, but here's the thing: the city he's in has a great Sovereign Grace Church. But I didn't say anything to him. He probably thinks they compromised on the gospel because they had someone come and preach there that he considers to be a heretic. And I think people get this way because they are treating salvation as if it was a formula. Folks, we're going to have all kinds of errors in our theology. We're going to show our unbelief to the world and even to ourselves. Every time we sin, it's an act of unbelief. We wouldn't sin if we believed perfectly, now would we? But our belief, our belief in Christ, it's not formulaic. Saying the right words or being able to state the right doctrines, it's not going to get you saved. Understanding and contending for the gospel, that doesn't mean you're saved. could just mean you studied for an exam and you've aced the exam. Or you think you aced it because you've been able to check all the right boxes and write your formula down correctly. The gospel is not, thou shalt believe that free willers are heretics. The gospel is not, thou shalt believe in thine heart that Charles Spurgeon was a God-hating heretic. The gospel is not, thou shalt believe in your heart that you are saved because you are able to recite the gospel and point out all the errors of Arminianism. The gospel isn't about you or what you think you know. And getting the formula right Whatever formula that may be, be it free willism or being able to define tulip, it's not going to save you. It's not going to save you. The gospel is Christ died for needy sinners. And all those that he died for will be brought to repentance and faith and brought to rely only upon him and not some formula for salvation. And this is the good news. Oh, God forbid that we would rely upon any formula for assurance. What if we get our formula wrong? Well, I've seen the effects of this amongst gospel defenders and crusaders now. For a few years, they will have assurance. Then they'll discover a new doctrine they believe that when upon close examination leads to work salvation. They may not have believed, they may have not thought they believed in a conditional salvation, but the logical conclusions of the doctrine they believe did, or they think it did. So now they have lost their assurance. They repent, and then they are saved all over again. If anyone mentions that they were regenerate while holding to this doctrine, they are then deemed a God-hating heretic, and anyone who associates with them has adopted their God-denying and gospel-denying error as well. There is no true assurance for people when they rely upon a formula. You see this in free willer churches also. You see people getting rededicated all over again, seeking that assurance that their formula might bring. They go down to the front of the church, and the pastor assures them that they are members in good standing. In Pelagian Wesleyan churches, the, the people can actually lose their salvation based on their non-adherence to the formula. So in my mind, there really is no difference between these extreme 
Calvinists that are trusting in their formula and the Roman Catholic or the Arminian that thinks they can lose their salvation. They all, all look and cling to a formula. As for me, I look to Christ. I know that my understanding of things is not perfect, but that's okay. I have confidence in Christ. I have confidence that his blood was that was spilt on Calvary covers my sins. Not because I believe the gospel properly. My belief is pitiful. But I have confidence because I know that he is faithful to the covenant. I know that he is faithful to deliver. I know that he is faithful to those that are his. I'm nothing more than a needy sinner. And there's nothing I can bring to the table. And it's his spirit that has convinced me of this. And in doing so, he's also brought me comfort. Oh, if we would just turn to and lean on Christ for everything. Oh, if we would just be taught that God and that God would remove our confidences in our flesh. That he would sink our pride and cleverness. Oh, that we would be led to believe that Christ is not just our justification, but our sanctification and redemption. That we wouldn't just be seeking after an insurance policy, but that we might commune with our Lord. Not just in heaven, but now, even while we're still in this body. And oh, that we would just be taught of the Spirit instead of relying on a fleshly formula. That's about all. Grace and peace.